dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going it's going really well for an exciting reason uh, all these last two weeks i've been trying to uh, secure the rights from warner brothers to use the opening to tiny toon <gasps> adventures as the opening joke and i didn't get it which means, oh. no, this is great because this means we're not going to do what everyone who has ever reviewed a Tiny Toons game does, which is open their review with a reference to the theme song. We're not going to do that because I couldn't get the rights. Oh, man. And that that's unfortunate. Uh, I mean, or fortunate because it, it sets us apart, you know, like like we're not going to say. And I think people should be happy about that. Me too. So uh, uh, what game did we play? We played Tiny Toon Adventures Buster Bust Loose, which is another game with a colon in the title, which, you know, we have a lot of games that have colons in the titles, but I realized there is a crap load of Tiny Toon Adventures games, way more than I realized. So it's no, and I mean, of course, they're all unrelated, right? So it's not like Tiny Toon Adventures 1, 2, and 3. So they, they kind of all have to have subtitles because they're essentially named like episodes of the show, right? They're all sketch comedy essentially yeah no i mean there there is so right as you said that i i went ahead and googled it because i remember two of them and uh i was wrong yeah, they right. they basically released at least one every year from 1991 to 2001 yeah so across different consoles across console generations like they got yeah. around oh yeah so no you you kind of have to to do something but to be fair you know and, and i think that we kind of ran into this a little bit or at least i i didn't discuss this with you but i ran into this a little bit because so when i picked this one up to play it i'm like i definitely played this game this was not the game i was thinking of when we agreed to play this game oh, um no. <laughs> yeah which is fine like i also played this one a lot too but i think i played the one for the nes because i remembered being able to switch between tiny tune characters and they each kind of like had their own powers and i thought that was kind of fun um i definitely i played this one too you know but i was like oh no this is the one where it's just uh just buster i was like okay no i mean that's cool it's cool i mean buster's cool you know so uh so so that that being said is that they may it could be you know <laughs> tiny tune adventures buster bust loose number three four five mark seven colon 72 i think it'd be that specific with the title and it's like i don't know it's a tiny tunes game you played the Tiny Toons game, right? Oh, dude, I totally played the Tiny Toons game. Not talking about the same thing. No, not not even close. And I mean, <laughs> it, and the the freaky thing is like you could be talking about different consoles in different console generations. Like that's that's the mind blowing part, right? Because if you say to someone like, "Oh, uh, have you ever played Final Fantasy?" they would rightly say, "Which one?" Because the series has been running for 172 years, right? But Tiny Toons, like a lot of other 90s stuff, feels like a 90s thing. So if you said to someone the Tiny Toons game, I think I think you're right. I think it's completely reasonable to think like, oh no, <laughs> they were talking about the one on friggin' GameCube, and <laughs> I was talking about the one on Game Boy, and yet w- we both confidently referred to the Tiny Toons game. Yeah, you played the Tiny Toons game. You're like, oh no, absolutely, I did. I, Tiny Toons is like the John Smith of video games. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know a John. Smith. <laughs> 
like oh you know john yeah smith right mm-hmm. yeah and it's like yeah no i know john smith i mean it's it's i mean it it, it yeah i think that that's that's probably the best analogy i'm going to get for it but so so but i did i did actually play this this game which came out in 1992 oh i took it from you uh, uh wait but you uh that's the japanese release North America was February 1993. Hilariously, this game is surprisingly different in Japan, which makes me wonder if they have a big Looney Tunes culture over there. I don't know about. Interesting. But like now, I'm now I want to play the Japanese version of it to kind of see all the differences. It's got more levels. It's harder. I mean, it's it's the stuff you expect from the Japanese version of a game. But I mean, this game was made by Konami and their Japanese company. Well. you know, I and 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 I get it, but at the same point in time, like I, I'm I'm starting to get tired of being the younger brother in this relationship with Japan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like all of the games that we get are just just a little easier, and the problem is that I need it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am the younger brother. <laughs> I am the younger brother. I'm just tired of being treated like the younger brother. I'm like. I'm like the Wesley Crusher in this relationship where I'm tired of taking crap from everyone. But at the same point in time, I'm still Wesley Crusher, who was basically the Gohan of that universe, you know, like infinite potential, completely squandered. But that's not the point. The point is that it came out in 1992. So help me. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not. I'm technically correct. The best kind of correct. So uh, what was your uh, nostalgia experience for this? Rental. So I loved yeah. I loved this cartoon when i was a kid like i love this was a lot of you know kids who grew up in the 80s and 90s talk about like the vhs movies that they like ran ragged to where like the tape snapped or it warped from the heat or it wouldn't play anymore or whatever like that was me with uh tiny tune adventures how i spent my summer vacation like i just i just watched the crap out of that tape dude like just so so much and I watched the cartoon and I played the games because I also played some of the other games. But when I think of Tiny Toons games, this is the one I think of because this is the one that the blockbuster that was close enough for me to walk to had. So I would get my, you know, three dollars and twenty five cents or whatever it was, 75 years ago when blockbusters still existed. And I would walk over there and pay with quarters and they would very politely take my money and you know, more often than not, I feel like I was probably walking out with this game, which is it. it this was a, you know, you it all you came for it. Yeah. And, and it all, you know, and it all came flooding back to me experience where it was like, you know, oh, man, I, I think I remember this game. And then once I actually started playing it, I was like, oh, <laughs> flesh melting it, off my face. And yeah, you know, Ark of the Covenant style. Yeah. Um, for me. Uh, so first, my nostalgia experience for uh, the show is I can literally still taste the cocoa frosted sugar bombs that i would eat (laughs) on the tv tray um saturday mornings like because i would i would wake up before my parents and um i i long for the day for when my children are old enough to do what i remember doing so i must have been like eight or nine uh where i'd wake up in the morning and not wake up my parents and just walk out into the family room into the kitchen make myself a bowl of cereal and then just eat it and watch Saturday morning cartoons until like 10 o'clock when my parents would like come up and say like, okay, stop watching TV. Um, so that's my recollection of the show, which was difficult to divorce from playing the game because like I said, I just watched the show so much that it, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I remember this game. Uh, I kind of remember the show a little bit better. 
that being said is uh i do remember playing this game this game was one that uh my friend had um who uh he was he was about two years my junior and he was my friend that had uh um, more money than love from his parents Mm. so Mm. you know like he he had all of the toys all of the games all that kind of stuff and and so i would go over there and play this with him um funny side note about that guy uh he uh did not age well so <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say, and and later he died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't age well. And and so then I was just kind of like, huh, maybe, maybe it was all of the stuff that you got at an early age that, you know, kind of set your bar weird for what to expect out of life. But, uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's mine. This was, this was my, uh, rented it from a friend. Yeah. Now, and, and I, I feel like this game is, it it is of a game type that was probably either in your personal library if you had a huge library or a game you would rent right if yeah. if you were the kind of kid like me who owned owned video games but didn't have a library that spanned multiple shelves kind of thing like you probably didn't own this game um before we dive into it uh we should take a moment to thank twitter people thank uh go outside of your house and shout people thank apple yeah, yeah. podcast review people um and that one uh i i, I want to lean on that for a minute because if you go on twitter or you go outside of your house like that helps people find the show if they can hear you uh mm-hmm. when you leave reviews that's like you, you've made a beautiful little time capsule that can help strangers you may never know and never meet find the show so um th- those people they're doing god's work um the people who are the actual gods of our universe, like part of our, our, our pantheon. Uh, those are the people who somehow we have tricked into giving us money to help like pay for operations. Uh, and so all the patrons are beautiful, unique snowflakes that we love. Uh, but we have to give a special shout out to, uh, one of our 16 bit heroes, Jacob, uh, who has more money than the other people and is therefore a better person by American standards. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, you. there is a direct correlation to amount of money that you have and uh, value. Um, I think that's that's like economics 101, I think. Yeah, I mean, right? that's that's all I remember from high school economics is uh, it, 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 it was on the left side. It was just a dollar sign because, you know, we don't English good. And then, mm-hmm. it, and then the two lines, which I believe is called an equals. And then on the right side, it was a picture of a happy face. Yep. That's why, uh, you know, if I ever have another daughter, I want to name her H-A-R dollar sign <laughs> for harmony. <laughs> yeah. That just but, happened. <laughs> yep. Fun, funny side story. Uh, when my wife was giving birth to my son, uh, one of the nurses told me that that is, in fact, someone's legal name. That is. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of people, and <laughs> <laughs> she just like like calling statistics on this. Like, I'm, I'm calling I, statistics on. There's enough people in the world that at some point you're gonna have someone who's like, my child's gonna have a unique name, and that's how you end up with kids named like Seven and Apple and Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, visuals. Visuals. This game looks perfect like it's i mean it is pixel graphics right so you don't get the smooth lines and they don't have infinite frames of animation so the the animations aren't perfectly smooth but if you have perfect vectored lines they do not have perfect vector lines but if you said to someone you know make this video game look just like this cartoon 
with you know that this hardware is at your disposal the colors are right the the proportions are right the little idle animations are right it's just everything is phenomenally spot on like really really excellent and now that we've actually played several games that were cartoons that they made into video games i think this may be one of if not the best like truest to the source material oh yeah no the 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 animation very much so is just as far as visual for the sake of visuals is it's it's great it's crisp um they they didn't feel the need they, clearly konami when they made this game they said we want to make it feel like you're playing the cartoon so they didn't do a dragon ball evolution situation where they were like nah let's take the source material but like do something different and make it our own they're like no that's not what people are showing up for they're not showing up for you joe game director bob smith to you know get your take on the dystopian like version of tiny tunes like they they want to play tiny tunes these are kids generally they want to play <laughs> <laughs> they want to play they want to play their 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 favorite cartoon characters that they watch every saturday while their parents are still asleep you know that's that's what these these kids want and and it 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 delivers the game delivers on that you know i at no point was i uh was i saying like ah, this this animation doesn't feel right the only the only downside was that, again, I was expecting to see the beautiful, to experience the beautiful animations of all of the different characters that I could play as because I thought this was the wrong game. But again, like I had to like walk that back for myself because uh, um, that that was uh, that was not a good expectation to have. Here's one of the things though that I thought was a weird choice. Um, there is a bananas amount of text in this game. Yeah, that's true. And it's not like it's all consolidated just in between levels. Like there's a story that happens in the levels. Mm -hmm. Which is odd to me because I one is that a lot of the the dialogue, the, the, the text isn't used to deliver jokes. It's used to deliver exposition, right? Yeah. And yeah, so I <laughs> no, mean, like, it's totally like these are my thoughts and feelings as a character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which actually I, I saw a thing recently on kind of exposition and why it works and why it doesn't. I won't go down that rabbit hole. But that being said, this is pure, pure expository dialogue, right? Or monologue in most cases. Um, so that's that's fine. But I thought that again, this is mostly directed at children. Now, it is mostly directed at children who should be literate, right? You know, like who, you know, probably 10 to, you know, 8 to 12, somewhere in there, right? Yeah. Up, up to mid-30s. Yeah, up to mid-30s. Maybe, you know, I mean, if you, maybe older. Yeah, who knows? Like, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> but, but that being said, is is even kids of that age, they're not, they're, they're, they're literate, but they're not going to be able to scream through bodies of text, right? And on top of that, very easily, there's a there's a child version of this game, which we'll get to later. But um, children much younger could play this game. Teddy could play this game. So it was odd to me why they made the choice to deliver so much of the expedition through text, considering their target audience, when I felt that all of the narrative could have been delivered purely through visuals, a la like Mario, like what Mario does, right? You know, so when... Bowser Bowser doesn't generally show up and say like I'm capturing the Peach Princess Peach for these complex narrative reasons. It shows him like show up and Mario's eyes go bug eyed. He's like no, nah, you know, and then like Bowser snatches up and goes ha 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 and like leaves like 
like you know when whatever the the western dude is like i've stolen all this stuff and you gotta catch me you know and, and uh, buster's Mon- like oh no Montana this- max yeah um that's what i said so, <laughs> Uh, you know, like, again, there was this huge body of text. And I was like, all of this could have just been shown purely through visuals. So that's, it's not bad. It was just weird to have a lot of text thrown at me in a game like this, where this is their target audience. So I, I think you are right that it is a little awkward. My guess is that this is the trade-off they settled on to have the feel be truer so in between each of the levels the characters are looking right into the camera and they're talking directly to the viewer because that's what happens in the cartoon and the levels aren't they're not set pieces they're literally sets right like you're you are performing this story for the audience and it's like in between like when you're in between levels there's like a film strip on the side right like it's it it's it's they they digitized an episode of the show basically right it's just they mm-hmm. they talk right to you here's the story some of it feels like it's a skit and these people are all friends but also some of it feels like it's actually happening like yes montana max actually is a douche like he's not pretending to yeah. be one on tv like he is a knob but that's also his character and unfortunately they didn't have the you gotta play what you know that's <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs> method acting um, <laughs> oh, that, that, that's the thing is that montana max is actually british but like he's just been in character for like all eight seasons there you go yeah secret yeah. brit um, yeah, montana max is the, the jared leto of uh character acting <laughs> <laughs> so montana max aside <laughs> <laughs> they normally in the show there would be a huge amount of talking just talk mm-hmm. talking talking to each other talking to the camera talking to the camera about what they just said to each other right like this is a huge difference between tiny tunes and looney tunes is looney tunes had a lot of speaking but not anywhere close to the vi- I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a tenth as much as the the amount of talking in tiny tunes so instead of just saying, well, we just won't do any of that and we'll just deliver it all through like pantomime and visuals, which I agree would have been an acceptable choice. They were like, no, we want it to feel truer, but we can't do voice acting. So we're going to communicate the dialogue through text. And I think the the way they balance that is it's all garbage. You could skip 100% of it. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing mechanically related in the text. And I did appreciate that. And I think that this is definitely just it, it will it just comes down to a difference of of opinion, you know. Um for me personally, I think that I would have fallen on the fence of the side of the fence of like if you can't do it the way the sh- even close to the way the show's doing it, then don't do it. Like like I th- I feel that, you know, from my seat that it would have been truer to do the pantomiming as like because the, the whole point of the um, dialogue in the back and forth is to be like this kind of over the top kind of funniness and I think that that could have been relayed more than because to me the, the bodies of text was actually took the energy level down you know because I'm just sitting there oh yeah because it's super dry exposition yeah so you know I mean that but again like I think that both arguments are valid you know I, I, I like I said it just it surprised me because of the target audience that they're expecting them to read all of this you know um, especially because, like I said, like and you know, I could easily hand this to Teddy, and he could play it. But 
he would definitely hard skip all of that stuff. Whereas if it was pantomime, then he would still get something out of it, you know? Yeah. And, and some of the, like, you know, when you get up to the top of the saloon, I guess in the, the Western level, like it's fairly clear that the safe is broken open and Montana max has the big bag with coins falling out of it. So like you do still get some of that, but I mean, the story is already so thin. And then when you add in the fact that, what story there is, is being largely delivered through text and only minimally through what you see happening in the action. It is like, I, I I'm, I'm actually with you that like, I disagree with the trade-off they chose, but I can see someone saying like, you guys, there's a lot of dialogue in the show. There's a lot of dialogue in the show. The game has to have dialogue. And they, they, they went with it. Like they were probably yeah. aware that they were like, eh, this isn't as funny as being delivered in silly cartoon voices, but I mean, show has a lot of dialogue. Games gotta have dialogue, and so they put dialogue in it. Yep. No, it, it, legit, and and again, a legitimate decision. Um, and you kind of mentioned one of the notes I had, which was the whole thing is uh, framed as them putting on a show, which was very, very much in line with the uh, the the source content. Um, and this may change later on. So, because uh, we did mention that you know, there's a child version of the game, which I which is the easiest difficulty, which I played it on a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then it wasn't until uh, a, a little bit further down the road that we realized that that was a fundamental choice that had some negative repercussions, which we will cover in gameplay. That so so I said all that to say this, which is that I didn't fight a whole lot of the bosses, um, but the bosses that I did fight, I felt that they had a poor visual affordance on how close to beating the boss you were, you know. So like when I was fighting Taz or uh, who I forget who the the other boss uh, the the other couple of bosses I got to anyways but when I was fighting them I was like okay I they're either close to death or I've hurt them not at all like we're, I, I I I don't know like I know exactly how much health I have left but I don't know whether I'm doing well or poorly and and a lot of the times you can kind of get past that with saying like the rule of three man you you hit a boss three times they die you know but no not the case like you'll hit them 17 i don't know i lost count you know but i was just like i guess i'm just gonna keep doing this and some of them had enough hit points or whatever food points in taz's case right you know enough damage points that to where i i actually started to doubt whether or not i was doing the right thing you know yeah especially because and the 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 taz encounter um really Dizzy. Dizzy, sorry. Uh, oh, rookie God, mistake. Right. Yeah, Dizzy Devil. Yeah, Taz is his, his dad. Taz is my father. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Man, we were about to get like, a- um, actually, like just all over the place. They were, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dizzy, Dizzy Devil. Uh, so his level is he's walking uh, on these like conveyor belts, and you have to be on the conveyor belt below him, and you hit food from below, and it pops up into his mouth, and he eats it. And after a food or two, he goes into his, you know, devil spin and he flies all over the place and he destroys part of the level. And you you just lather, rinse, repeat until the the encounter is concluded. The thing is, if you interact with him or ignore him long enough, he also does the devil spin thing in the exact same way, which makes it hard to treat that as feedback that you are making progress on the encounter. Right. right. So like it's. Also, the text you're sent into that encounter with is, oh, God, he's eating all the food. And it's like, so the 
thing you're supposed to take away from that is eating all the food, not stop him from eating all the food, which is the well, tonal implication. Well, I feel that, that if I remember correctly, he says, you know, he's in there eating all of the food. And then I think Buster says, like, I just need to feed him to where he's full or something like that. Like, I remember this distinctly. And now this is this this I, not not to be that horse, but the, the the actual mechanical what you are supposed to do to beat the boss is related through text. Oh, good. They, good, good. They, they, yeah, they do tell you point blank, like, this is how you beat this guy. Feed him. Um, and again, you know, like, you, you can, you can, it's the only thing to really do in the level after you realize that, like, jumping on him doesn't hurt him. Uh, but yeah, no, there's no real clean visual on the fact that that's what you're supposed to do or on the fact that you're being successful. If not for that body of text, I would have probably had to go look it up online just to make sure that I was that I was doing it right because I, I have a very, very low threshold for that kind of stuff. So, uh, so I probably would have been like, I've been doing this. I I've, I've hit him with food five times, six times. I I'm, I'm clearly doing something wrong, you know? So, uh, yeah. so yeah, so that, that was one place where I thought that the bosses didn't have, they either need like a health bar or a different animation for when they've taken sustained damage, you know, um, something, you know, to let me know that I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is a weird with so many other super cartoony, like response, like when Buster gets hit, it's, Oh my God, it takes a thousand hours for that little animation to play out. It's the slowest. When when you die, you get thrown in the garbage. Yes. Into a literal dumpster. Yeah. So there's (laughs) the, the, you getting hurt animations are super loud and in your face, right? You have a little, you know, heart meter like Zelda style and you like you lose a heart and that's obvious. And if that's not obvious enough, he makes the like, you know, eyes screwed up, teeth gritted like and he goes bouncing back and he flashes. Right. It's it's really, really clear that you have taken damage. Most of the enemies only take one hit, but some of them do take two hits. And that's also fairly clear when you've hit them because they have a little like, ah, I got hit animation. But you're absolutely right that for some unknowable reason with the bosses, they're just like, ah. f- f- figure it out and then hope you're right. Because sometimes you'll get a reaction that's similar to when you're doing the right thing, but it will be the wrong thing. And then, then who knows what, right? Like it's, 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 it's a bizarre choice. I guess. I don't even know if I would call it that. It's almost like an, like an unforced error. Like you just <laughs> like they, they clearly knew that visual feedback on giving and taking damage mattered. And then when they got to the bosses, they forgot. Yeah. Or just, I mean, now to be fair, there is something to be said for when you're designing a, a video game, like for literally forgetting what the player coming in fresh doesn't know. Uh, I know that there was one, game design story that I heard where basically a guy was called in to you know fix a game and uh, he was like okay and so he pressed all the buttons you know did all the stuff and he's like I cannot figure out how to open my inventory how do you do that and the developers were like oh yeah you triple click the player you know and it's like why would I think to do that and they're like oh yeah you know but they've been working with the game for so long that they're like yeah you just triple click the player um, you know so, so I th- th- this kind of feels like that where it's just kind of like well how do i know that i'm damaging the bad guy and it's like obviously you are you're feeding him right you know like he'll feel go to sleep you know so uh so kind of have has a little bit of that feel to it yeah like the small small team everybody agreed like oh this is the thing you do to defeat this boss and then at no point did anyone say like oh how will uh how will anyone outside this room know that 
or or <laughs> or worse, it was like a small team, and and you know, like like they 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 load the final box on, you know, close the thing, and it all ships off. They're kind of like watching the truck drive away, kind of wistfully nostalgic about the experience, having that catharsis, and and you know, he goes like, ah, yeah, this was a hard hard work, don't you think so, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you you remember to put the health bars in for the bosses, right? Son of a, and it just like, cuts <laughs> out, you know, to like credits. Yeah, I mean that. It's really how it feels because, like, I cannot on on the opposite side of this complaint, I cannot complain <laughs> enough about how long it takes for you to recover from taking damage. Oh my god! And yes. I'm I'm sure it's not actually that much time, but it feels slow. It feels so slow. You get hit, you make the little screwed up face. You have to then come into contact with a surface unless you fall really far, which doesn't happen because most of the stages are not very vertical, right? So like you have to then fall on the ground and it makes a little like boom noise like you fell on your bottom and then you recover and you regain control of the character and you have your invincibility frames for a second or two. But like that whole little like, oh, I got hit. It's just like, Okay, I'm going to put the controller down and go make a sandwich, and then I'll come back, and <laughs> hopefully by then I'll be halfway to having control of Buster again. I, I don't know why it's so long. I like I could explain it away as like, oh, they want you to have a lot of time to process what just happened, and my response to that would be, give me more invincibility frames. Like, if, if you're directing this at a little kid, don't have a big drawn out dramatic you took damage animation because it is cute and it is very on brand but it doesn't need to be 25 seconds long like just make me get hit and then give me give me back that time and invincibility frames and that will make it child friendly or i mean they could even have their cake and eat it too which is to animate it but if you do anything during that it just snaps out of the animation and just gives you control of the character you know absolutely yeah if i'm hammering jump or the dash button or something then just do that yeah so they could be like oh no you know you got hit and if it is a kid they're like ah you know because i mean literally teddy (laughs) i have seen teddy make some just exceptionally poor decisions in the uh, uh general frame of humor in a video game and i'm not laughing uh, because I'm frustrated because we're dying, but he's like, ah, see, this is hilarious. And I'm like, it's not, it's not funny. Dada's going to lose his mind, you know? <laughs> Cause we've been playing a uh, little big planet three, you know, which is right up his eye. I mean, like death is super low stakes and all this sort of stuff. But, uh, unfortunately we finally got to, uh, the boss and that that's, that is a bit of a skill challenge. And, um, and so, you know, literally at one point there's, a part where like when you die it makes like this fun little electric thing and it shakes the controller and he was like ah this is the best and i'm like please we share lives please stop <laughs> burning through lives and so basically there's large chunks of this that i have to like one shot because like i've only got the one life because he's pissed them all away um so i say all of that to say i could understand them putting in an animation that's like oh you got hurt it's not that big of a deal like even get hurt on purpose because it's just fun and it's for kids and who cares it's going to punch you back like x amount of time you don't really care because you're five or four right uh but again if and this is somewhat of a product of the time period because this is before really they started saying we need to get a wide audience you know so it's like yeah, it, if your target demographic is between the ages of nine and nine and three quarters months, then yeah, you can make this type of game. But if you want to kind of get everyone, then you need to create it so that way 
people who do have a higher games literacy aren't bored out of their skull watching this cartoon bunny fall on his bottom. And, and okay. So th- this is going to sound like a weird complaint, but I, I feel like this is important and this will inform some of my mechanical uh, criticisms. Do you find it weird at all that in a game that so much looks like Looney Tunes and Tiny Tunes and Warner Brothers cartoons that it doesn't have very cartoony looking violence because you do like, you know, when you you walk and if you just walk into like a, an enemy, you get hurt. If you jump on an enemy, you get hurt. But you have like an attack where you do like a little flippy animation. But then when you defeat an enemy, most of them just poof into like a little cloud. Like yeah. it, it doesn't feel Looney Tunes. Like it's not mm-hmm. anvils dropping, you know, shotgun blast right into Daffy Duck's face. Like it's, it's very sterilized. Okay. And so it, you're going the other way with it. Cause I was like, I didn't think there was this game was hyper violent. No, like, it's not. It's super sterilized. Which, yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> yes. The source material is hyper violent, right? But it's, but it's a very specific brand of cartoony, violence right like looney tunes violence is very recognizable like if you did stick figure animation in a flip book and you were trying to you know mimic like the looney tune style people would probably recognize it because it's so distinctive even like hanna-barbera cartoons which were also trying to rip off that style they tried to go unique enough that it felt like hanna-barbera and they did they did accomplish that but it was obviously like you knew who their competitor was, right? Like, you know that they're Pepsi and you know goddamn well who Coke is, right? So, right. so like, it's its own thing, but you know they want to be better than Coke. This felt like neutered or sterilized or watered down, like whatever you want to call it. And and I kind of sat back and I was like, well, maybe this is just really hard to translate into a video game. Oh, no, wait, Battletoads exists. Battletoads somehow has better Looney Tunes violence in terms of the animations. And I'm not talking about like the game feel or the sound effects or anything. I'm just talking literally how it looks when, when I think the game's a little bit harder, not way, much, but. way easier Dude, tiny tunes adventures is like renowned for its difficulty. <laughs> but, but I mean like when, when rash or you know, whatever their names were like when one of them gets like the giant fist and smashes a guy and there's like, that one or two frames where everything stops and you feel the punch and then they goes flying off screen a million miles an hour. Like that's Looney Tunes violence, right? Like when you smash them with like the, you kill a guy and you pick up the leg and you go and you kill another guy with the leg and it like boom in the giant boot. And like you turn into the end, literally into like an anvil in the, the second level when you're descending, like, if you were going to take Looney Tunes violence and translate it into a video game, I feel like it would look like Battletoads and this game doesn't. And that seems it's, it's an intentional choice. Like they very intentionally watered this down because now you're not watching Daffy Duck get shot in the face. You would have to be the one shooting Daffy Duck in the face or getting shot in the face. And someone, some censor, some writer, some whoever, you know, Konami, whoever had the money, like, Someone said, no, it's one thing to let them watch that level of violence, but we're not going to make them live it out. They're not going to dole it out or receive it. And you can just tell throughout the game, all of the violence is, is big clouds of smoke and like 
gentle. Nothing feels weighty. Nothing feels like you're taking a life or giving a life or sparing a life. Like it's very, very watered down. And I just, I I get it. I 100% get it. But because everything else looks so right, the idle animations, the colors, the, the environments, everything else looks so right. The fact that the violence feels so wrong. I was just like, Aah. yeah, yeah. You've given me a lot to process in the last two <laughs> minutes. Um, so I've been <laughs> frantically trying to look some stuff up online. And unfortunately I've managed to refute my own argument that I was trying to pull together because uh, <laughs> you're right. Um, the only the only thing that I can think of is that the target audience for Battletoads I mean Battletoads has a completely different feel and I think that you're right in the sense of like it is different between there's definitely a difference between watching somebody else do a thing and being forced to do a thing yourself you know um, in video games especially in recent years have been predicated on that you know like the idea of it's like I mean look at The Last of Us 2 the whole point of that is that it'd be one thing to be told a story from this person's point of view and then told a story from another person's view. It's another completely different thing to put your, you in the driver's seat and say, choke your favorite character to death because that's what this person would do and you kind of understand it because you've been forced to play them for the last two hours, you know, or ten hours. Um, my The theory I was working under was uh, that the um, games were rated differently so that way they could appeal to different audiences, right? This is pre-ESRB. It is. And that's <laughs> the thing that screwed me, right? Because I no, because they because the BSRB went back and rated these things. And so uh Battletoads is rated E ten for ages ten and up. Uh Tiny Toons Buster Bust Loose is rated E for everyone. And I was like, that's why. But then the ERSRB was founded in nineteen ninety four, and this came up famously, apparently, in February of nineteen ninety three. So uh, so no, that, 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 that doesn't, so the only thing that I could think of is kind of what you said in, in to a degree, which is, um, you know, even though the ERSRB didn't exist, like in the same way that, yeah, the rating system didn't exist, but the, the feel of video games still did, you know, yeah. like I can still tell you that, you know, Mortal Kombat is not Buster Bust Loose, you know, um, so that, yeah, the only thing I could think of is like game feel is that the aesthetic of Battletoads is very like, you know, metal, grungy, you know. And that this is Tiny Toons, so you can't have that. But yeah, I mean, the source material is way, way, way more violent. So that, well, that's a very uh, brilliant It's point. like the, the weightiness of things, right? Like, because when you dash and he, you know, he does the cartoony, like one knee up and arms back. And then he, you know, palms straight out in front of him, like with the, the circle legs. Like mm-hmm. that feels, even though you're not really moving all that fast, like it feels fast because it looks fast. And if you you do the the duck and slide and it, it feels like, you know, you're sliding into home base, but you're sliding for 700 feet because it's cartoon and physics doesn't work, right? Like all of that stuff is animated to feel the way it looks like it would feel when you're watching the cartoon. So I really I'm I'm confident that the way the violence feels is a deliberate choice. They were like, water that down. And then they yeah. came back with like battletoad style animations and they were like i said water that down (laughs) and then they just came back with pure water and they were like water that down yeah more (laughs) more more water i we're 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 talking uh was it 
I think it's the, the homeopathy where they're like, we're talking a hundred cc <laughs> or a ninety nine cc or whatever, whatever the thing where where like if you were to dilute something that much, then there would be like one atom in the entire sun worth of thing. Yeah. Yes, that is homeopathy. It is all bullshit. If anyone in our audience <laughs> believes in homeopathy. <laughs> I mean, no, how about this? If anybody in our audience believes in homeopathy, just reach out to us, right? And I, honest to God, like, I'm serious about this. If you believe it, reach out to us. I will set up a special time to talk to you and explain to you why, from a scientific standpoint, that makes zero sense. Honestly, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a jerk about this. Like, it, it makes zero sense scientifically. If you can believe whatever you want to believe, but it is a religion, it's nothing to do with science. So, that just going to throw that out there. I mean, it is not often that an honest to God chemist is like, I will explain this to you. <laughs> and not from like a hoity toity, like, you know, like, like up on a pencil. Like it's just important to me to get the knowledge out there. <laughs> All that being said, um, so the one, the one last kind of throwaway visual I have note I have, which is, uh, when you, when you're on the, the, the train cars, um, there, there are like some like bad thugs that are coming at you. And one of them has a yell shirt. So, uh, give <laughs> to yell. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> That's funny. I will even give you, I will give you a minute to go look that up. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I believe you. I just, I'm surprised yeah. I didn't notice because I, I had to replay that level quite a few times. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I definitely had to play that one a number of times. So I was like, ah, now that is in keeping with the original show. I mean, yeah, that, that's no, how it totally is. But yeah, no, I, I saw that and I was like, yeah, take that, Yale. Apparently some of the people on this writing team went to Harvard. Unlike the Simpsons writers where clearly they all went to Yale and none of them went to Harvard because they always make fun of Harvard or Yale. I forget which one. <laughs> some some of those elitists. Um, my only other throwaway thing for uh, visual is just because I thought it was like almost like an Easter egg, which is, did you happen to notice how detailed the stairs were? Like there aren't no. a lot of stairs in this game, but they're like oddly lovingly crafted. And yeah. I, I kept thinking like, wow, why do the stairs look and play? And I'm not talking about just mechanically, but like, why do they look and play like familiar other stairs? Oh, wait, <laughs> this game is made by Konami. These are super Castlevania stairs. Right? <laughs> like, the, the way you move on the stairs is a little different. Your jump arc is all screwed up. And I was like, these are Castlevania stairs. They put Castlevania stairs into yep. my tiny tunes. And I just no, thought they, that was funny. Cause like no one would care that the stairs look the way they look, but I was like, wait a minute. Konami made this game. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, <laughs> cause I think they got a guy, you know, like yeah, they got a stair guy. They got a stair guy, you know, and they're like, Hey, Hey, you, <laughs> And he's just like between Castlevania projects and they're like, Hey, can you just pop over real fast and do, do some, some nice stair work for uh tiny tunes, Buster busts loose. And he's like in his mortuarium with, you know, a bunch of like dark lights and, you know, Castlevania posters everywhere. And he's like, Oh, I'll make you some stairs. I'll make you some stairs. You'll never forget. I'm just, I'm imagining the director presenting the game to, you know, like the, the executive team and just being like, Sorry, Jerry's been working on a lot of Castlevania games. <laughs> and uh these these are the stairs he gave us. So <laughs> No, no, that's a that's a that's that's a really good observation I like that. Um audio? Audio. Uh the, the the music's great. It's 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 Tiny Tunes music, man. I mean, if you if you listened to Tiny Tunes, then this will definitely like hard hit that nostalgia button and i would love to you know kind of 
hum a few bars, but I mean, we did get the rights. So it's true. We did not um, be done. And, and oddly that actually means you can't hum basically any piece of music in the game because right. every piece of music in the game is like an on theme version of the melody, right? Like the, the overture, whatever it's called, the, the theme music. And at first, like when I first noticed that I was like, Oh, it seems kind of lazy. No, wait. I don't actually think that I like this a lot. Like, <laughs> like, I, I like emotionally I was feeling it correctly. And then like I, my cognition tried to like be a hoity toity ass about it. And then fortunately, like, cause I'm an old man now and I don't have anything to prove to anyone. I was just like, no, wait, this, I like this. I like that in the, the Western level, it's like the, the squeeze box kind of harmonica version yeah. of the theme song. And you know, like in the, the, the space level, I think is the one that's hardest to hear the melody in. it's really stretched out. It's very elongated, but it is in there. Like there's little bits of the melody in there and it's just, that's the whole that like 90% of the music. Cause there's some like game showy style music. There's little mini games in between and they get like little game show music, but it's all straight out of tiny tunes. Like it's all, they didn't, bother to orchestrate original melodies they their their original arrangements but they right. just took you know music straight out of the show and they reused those uh those familiar melodies and i i love it i think that's great right just like i want all the colors to be the right blue and white and everything like i want i want my tiny tunes to sound like they look and they do they totally do well and and i'm sure there's a, a very good musical word for this which i assume do you, you you probably know, so you can correct me when I'm done monologuing here. Um, which was uh, basically when you when you do that, where you take the main th- theme song and you tweak it so that way it makes sense. It's kind of like a a, a a musical callback. Light um, the, motif. There it is. Um, yeah. So uh, the the reason why I mention it is I've been watching a tremendous amount of um, the Lorax recently, and it does this uh, particularly well in the sense of like there's the the, the music's super catchy in this in this show, um, but there's a song at the end that the first time the Onceler chops down a tree and the Lorax shows up and kind of like mourns the passing of the tree, it's the song Let It Grow from the end, but it's all sad and drawn out. And, you know, and so I'm like, when I notice, I'm like, oh, that's really clever because it, it gives you that kind of like feel of through line, you know, like you didn't recognize it, but your brain did, you know? Yeah, and and this is an incredibly... I mean, like your music theory is, is not good. Mine is also not good, but only a teeny bit better. And you're just substantially better. Mine is real bad. <laughs> you're still isn't good. Uh, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm not, yeah. I mean, it's no, not good. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're a dumpster, but I'm still a garbage can. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're both on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- this is, you know, if you're, if you're orchestrating music for like a play or a film or a game, like, Yes, you reuse melodies. This is not a novel idea, but uh, the the to me, I don't know why, but this is a, if you have no idea what we're talking about, overwhelmingly the most obvious example most people in our audience can probably cue up in their brains is uh, in Aladdin. The opening song to Aladdin is you know very like he's running from the guards, and it's very like upbeat and fast paced, and then when he gets back to his hovel and he's singing his sad song, it's the same song. It's the same melody. It even uses most of the same words. 
it's just slow and sad because now he's slow and sad. But the point is, is that melody, the, uh, the, the one, one, one jump, I think is the name of the song. Um, where it's like, gotta keep one jump and the bread line. Right. Like we we got the rights to that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, obviously Disney is way cooler than Warner brothers. (laughs) 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 They never litigate (laughs) (laughs) ever. They're they're, they're not the reason why copyright law has gotten so out of hand in the first place. But but what, what that teaches you as the viewer is that that melody is not just a song. That's Aladdin's song. That melody is Aladdin's melody. Right. And if you look at the soundtracks for a lot of movies, they don't always bother to name the music. And so they will usually often just name it for the character. Like this is George's melody. This is lines theme, right? And then anytime you hear those notes in that order, but sometimes at a different tempo and on different instruments and in a different context, then they can use the same, uh, character, but in like a different emotional state. And so like I said, this idea, not novel, but it's executed really, really well because they have to jump like cinema genres, right? They have to go to Western. They have to go to like a star Wars knockoff, like where Babs literally even has her hair, like into the princess Leia buns, right? Like they have to, they have to jump genres pretty aggressively and yet still have a cartoon theme song be the melody that they're reusing. So it's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, as far as, uh, music audio in service of gameplay, um, did all of the sound effects, are are good they're they're very cartoony you know i mean like you know you never like when you hit the ground it doesn't sound like a body collapsing on the floor a la like resident <laughs> evil you know like it it sounds Sorry. like a yeah it's not a thud it's like a springy boing um as far as visual or audio and service of gameplay i couldn't really find anything which is again neither here nor there you know like that's not a that's like whenever we say like oh there was no audio specifically in service of gameplay that's not like a bash, you know, it's only when it's decidedly absent when it has to be there or present when it shouldn't be there. Um, you know, it's this isn't a, a Jekyll and Hyde situation where you're being bombarded by a million different sounds all the time. You're like, I need you, I need you to take it down a notch. Like, I need you to water it down. I need like a hundred cc watered down version of those sound effects. Um, but yeah, I couldn't really think of any place where they were specifically throwing in sound effects that gave me information that wasn't just fleshing out the universe. Yeah, I mean it every everything sounds like it should sound is right. It's every yeah. everything is being communicated to you through the visuals and when sound effects are appropriate, there are sound effects and they are the appropriate sound effects. There's the the closest to maybe communicating some information through audio right before it's then really really communicated through the visuals is in the the middle part of the space level, which I think is the last level, um, mm-hmm. there's uh, lasers that are coming at you from uh, yeah, off screen. And it makes like a... Yeah, right? it's also like a, a very distinct visual with that as well. That's the thing, is yeah. if, because the, it's coming from the background, it is possible that something in the foreground would be blocking the start of that animation, but it so rapidly fills the screen that the audio cue at most would give you just the tiniest little heads up, which granted matters, right? So it is useful, but that's, that's the most extreme example in the game I could think of by and large. It's you see something and that something should be generating a noise of some kind and it generates the appropriate noise. And this is, this is not good or bad. This is the curse of, of sound designers is 
it's supposed to mostly kind of wash over you and success. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun minor side note in that particular uh, level of uh, this is a visual thing, but the uh, space destroyers in the background, which are obviously supposed to be like star Wars space destroyers, right? They're actually wedges of cheese. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. They're, you know, they're, cause they're like Swiss cheese. Cause they have little, yeah, like, dents yeah, and little holes, holes yeah. in it, you know? So it's, it's, <laughs> it's like a double, double reference. It's like a star Wars, but, but they're also cheese. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, like I said, uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of depth in my, my audio notes. Do you have anything else? No, I mean, like I, I already went way deep on the music. Um, and that I think like, I really do like two, two thumbs up on the music, but the, the sound effects are they're they're you know, three, three so out of five. Like, yeah. yeah oper- operating ne- at or near expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no they, they're they're getting a cost of living raise you know but they're not getting like a promotion you yeah know? yeah you're not you're not fired but you're not ready for management yet yeah no try, try again re- reapply next year um gameplay this is where this is gonna take a, a turn for me uh toward the <laughs> decidedly complainy um so I don't know if you need some cheese, some cheese to go with it, because like we've got giant death stars, like giant yeah. star destroyers made to, out of to, to go with my wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> um, I hate the way this game handles. I hate it. I think it handles like crap. And the fact that it looks so spot on and handles so rigid and like to you can see the T square that the nerds were using to draw the perfect right angles that made me rocket myself into a pit and die a thousand times because here's the thing. Um, I was hoping that I could save this complaint until we got to mechanics because I almost brought it up in visuals, but Hey, Hey, you made a game that exists in the universe with Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote is in this game. How the f- don't you have Coyote physics? Why, when I get to the end of a platform, do I immediately fall at terminal velocity to my death? Why? Why is how do you, does this game not have Coyote physics? It literally. <laughs> why do they not have the, the eponymous physics? Right. the The term unforgivable feels <laughs> a little weighty to throw at a children's game for children, but this is ir- irredeemable, irredeemable. <laughs> this, <laughs> this like not to, you know, give up the, the trick, but like this ruins the game for me. The fact that it looks so much like a cartoon and plays so much like everything is made out of rocks is just experience ruining I agree that the game is okay. So again, I there, there's there's three difficulty levels. Um, there's I didn't even try the hard one, man. I, I, I think it's uh, children, normal, and challenge. Which yeah, again, a weird choice because in Japan they're just called easy and normal. But apparently, even that would have been too confusing for Americans, so they had to call it children, normal, and challenge. Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so the children, you know, version was what I started. Cause I mean, a lot of times when we play these games, like we just put it on easy mode because I, I want to review the game. I don't yeah, want to, we're playing under duress. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, get, get four hours into my gameplay and be like, well, I'm still on level one. Uh, I've gone through three TVs and four remotes. Um, what, <laughs> one time I threw two remotes into the same TV. <laughs> um, so all that, so anyway, so I played on child, um, 
in, in child mode, it actually plays not as badly just because the main key difference is that your dash makes you invincible. So if you dash through someone, they, they poof, you know? Um, Which is, and you're right, but on normal, it also hurts enemies, just not all of them. Yeah, which but it also hurts you, yep. you know? So that that causes a decided difference because the game, I think, has way better game feel on child because you can you can get running at a good pace. You know, you can blow through some bad guys, you know, and you're like, yeah, this is fun. And, and there's still challenge. You can still fall down a pit and, you know, you can still get hit by bad guys when you're not dashing. Uh, but uh, but yeah, when, once you switch it to, to normal, it, it feels very... Considering that the, the the only thing that's novel about this game, really outside of the 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 aesthetic of it, the visual aesthetic is uh is the dash. Like that's it, you know. Outside of that, it's a desaturated platformer, you know. Um, so the fact that they completely take the teeth out of the one fun thing about the game, the dash, uh, is weird, you know. And, and it does; it makes it feel very jerky because you want to use the fun thing, and they keep punishing you for using the fun thing. Yeah. Well, and and it runs out, right? So if you, I, I get that they can't just make you dash unlimited because one, that would remove a hundred percent of the challenge or it would become avoid the pit simulator, which is right. not great. Right. <laughs> but, but this feels like the way you interact with enemies where on normal, cause let, let's for all intents and purposes, assume that normal is the intended, intended experience. Yeah. Right. So the fact that you can dash through some enemies, but not others. But oh, by the way, the dash hurts a lot of those enemies if you're jumping. So you can horizontally jump through an enemy when you're dashing that you couldn't run through if you were on the ground. And and I tried to test this, but eventually I was just like, you know what? It's not. I, no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to do a <laughs> bunch of randomized controlled trials of like which different techniques works in these different situations because the point is it's not obvious, right? Like. Right. And it's not obvious, even though I've put a fair amount of time into the game. And then you have to do like the little flippy jump, right? Your normal jump doesn't, if you land on an enemy, it doesn't hurt them. You have to hit the attack button, which does the little like falling leaf flippy animation, which is actually cute, but it sure as hell doesn't look like an attack animation. It's, no, it's, it doesn't. And it's the hitbox on is really kind of weird all over the place. You can hit them from the side, but if you hit them too early in the flip, it doesn't work unless sometimes you're going backwards. If you hit, if they're coming at you from behind, but you're flipping to your front, your ears sometimes will kill them. It's, well, it's, it's, it's Texas front, which is, yeah. <laughs> which is you're down. That's right. <laughs> but th- this is the combat such that it is really feels like that's where that's where they gave up on making it feel like tiny tunes or looney tunes and they were like okay we need to make it play like a video game for children and that was bad they (laughs) the the attacking thing should be removed entirely right jumping should be enough and dashing should always work because that feels like a cartoon. If if the hero, Buster, goes screaming into, you know, random rat number 75 who popped out of a locker at a thousand miles an hour, that rat should poof into dust. Buster I mean, I should they, not they, get hurt. Yeah, they did They did an example of that on... Uh, I, I'd like to see something similar to what they did on The Boys, like that first episode, you know, where uh, <laughs> A-Train just, like, goes through... I mean, you just go through them, you know? Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oof. <laughs> <That's>... Dust. <laughs> <laughs> now just just imagine flipping those two things, right? Like cuz it's 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 awful on both ends, right? Cuz it's awful like seeing Buster Bunny like liquefy a rat, you know, where there's <laughs> Where there's nothing left but feet, but also too, like he train like went through the person, it just poof. It's like that. <laughs> well, that's not right. Um, so, and 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 here's where I think that that I, I agreed. So the the core gameplay of the game is not it's not like awful in the sense of it's completely broken. It's just not good. You know, like I would make the argument that like we have played games where we're like, nah, this is this is pretty much like broken. Like, you know, again, Jekyll and Hyde being a great example of it where you're like, it's not really a game. Um, but, uh, and I think that the reason why is because they tried to do too many differences in kind, you know, because instead of being really, really good as Buster Bust Loose, they have the, the, the five different games in here, man. You know, like so because you've got you know all the different boss fights which in and of themselves are a little bit different like for instance with uh dizzy you're not trying to beat him to death or whatever it is you've been doing throughout the whole level you're trying to feed him all right but even still they've got five different mini games all of which they had to design mechanics for you know i mean like so all of that like so takes time and energy and resources and money so instead of saying like no you know what we're going to make a really really well honed game about Buster Bust Loose and it's going to be it's going to be fun it's going to be great and it's going to be Looney Tunes they're like let's just let's just make as much stuff to keep the kids attention well and it's the it's the variety show aspect of Tiny Tunes Animaniacs was like this Looney Tunes wasn't trying to be like this, but because it was a series of shorts, I think it had a similar like, oh, well, you watch, you know, Bugs Bunny and then you watch Daffy Duck and then you watch Taz and then you watch whatever, you know, just on and on. And like each one is only, you know, four or five minutes long. And then you throw half a dozen of them into a 30 minute block. And so it feels like a variety show. And then Tiny Toons literally is a variety show. They talk to the camera. They talk about what they're doing. In Animaniacs, they flat out refer to the fact that they're sketches. Like there was an evolution into more and variety. And when you do that in a cartoon, they're all drawings, right? When you do that in a video game, they're not all drawings. Like you have to build different game engines to make these things happen. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. You have to develop uh, an, an engine behind that. You have to develop a concept. I mean, you have to develop the core concept of what the game even is. You know, like it's like what what are we doing here? Are we doing a platformer? Are we doing uh, you know a, 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 a motorcycle game? Are we doing a bingo game? Which I have feelings about. Um, you know, what are, <laughs> what are we doing? You know, and so uh, so the fact that they they spent so many resources doing all of those different things, I think that they just did not spend the time to really hone the game and 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 again not to give away a thing but like this this felt a lot of the game felt obligatory like in the sense of like it's just you had to do it you know it it was like the the playing the video game to get to the cutscenes kind of a thing where you're like i have to play this game it's kind of like that where you're like oh well i i want to play as buster so in order to do that i kind of have to do all this stuff i don't i don't really want to do the the best example of that in my mind like this is here because this is a video game is 
some of the levels auto scroll. And, Mm -hmm. and here's why I say they put that in there just for the sake of it being in there. Try and imagine in your brain mind in super Mario world, you're on an auto scrolling level. You put the controller down. What happens? The level keeps scrolling. It does. What happens to Mario? He stands still. And then when the edge of the level reaches where Mario is. Slowly pushes him. It slowly pushes him. I did do it. Did I get it right? You did. Yay. In this game, if you You go off the side of the screen, you die. You just die. And I know that there are other games that have done that. And those games are also wrong because it's not fun. And here's the thing. Remember way back in the visuals when I said that Buster has like a 25 hour long, you got hit animation. If you happen to get hit by an enemy and you happen to be near the left side of the screen on an auto scrolling level, it's instant death because the animation takes longer than the screen scroll takes, which means this one, this enemy essentially pushed you into a pit, right? Like they pushed you into a bottomless pit by pushing you off the left side of the screen. And that sucks. Every time I died that way, I was just like, this feels cheap. I didn't, it's not that the enemy came flying out of nowhere. It's not that I made a stupid mistake. It's not that the platforming here is tricky. It's that the animation of me taking damage killed me. Well, and first of all, imagine how horrifying that looks to the, to the like Buster, like within the game, you know, (laughs) because I'm definitely picturing something a la reboot, you know, where it's like, Oh, like where the game world is being devoured into nothingness. Yeah, Yeah, because I mean, literally, that's kind of what's happening, you know? Um, So I'll do you one better. The the way I died, it was in that same way, which is very, very frustrating, is because you don't die the minute that like the side of the screen touches you. It's once you're completely off the screen, right? So I was about halfway off the screen and they, they do set up a jump on like one of the, on the Texan, Texas Southern level, right? The Western, Western. Thank you. Western, whatever. Um, uh, Texas is the new West. Um, just Texas. It's Texas West, which is our down. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there, yeah. It all I got, comes I got it together. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it is um, you know they have some like very distinct jumps that you got to make in there. Uh, it like like where you got to time that pretty pretty precisely. So I was like way on the edge, and uh, apparently while I was getting all situated, I pointed myself in the wrong direction, and then sprinted in the wrong direction just off of the screen. But I couldn't really see it because again I was allowed to be halfway off the screen, you know. So yeah, it was just, and I remember being I was like, oh, okay, and so. That was my last life, and so then that punted me back to the beginning of the level, which brings me to my next note, which is the cycle time on this is hot garbage, and I hated it. I hated every <laughs> bit of it because there's checkpoints within the level, and uh, if you just die, then you get kicked back to the checkpoint. If you continue, you get kicked back to the beginning of the level, and you know, normally I would whine about this a little bit because Celeste ruined everything for me. And then you would say, okay, but the thing is that when you get kicked back to the beginning of the level, it's because you need some more practice because, you know, like that's what they're trying to do. But no, that's not the case in this game because because what 
the game becomes as you're going through the game is wildly different. The area that I was dying in had nothing to do mechanically with the area I was being punted back to. And that was infinitely frustrating because I'm like, I have mastered the skills that I need to have here. I can clear this unless I just stop paying attention for like two seconds and clear this pretty easily because all this is is platforming. The part that I'm struggling with is the razor thin timed jumps that come in the in the Western level immediately following that. I need to practice exactly how to time those jumps. I don't need to walk past this tomato throwing coyote one more time. I will end him. Um, no, you, yeah. you will be happy to know that I actually uh, had this realization where I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, the I'm going to call them scenes. I don't know what they call them in game, but like there's the Western level. And then that yeah. level has like the scene where you're in the town, the scene mm-hmm. where you're on the train, and then the scene where you're like at the front of the train. And that's where you deal with Montana Max um, yep. or like in inside the train, I guess, whatever. Um, but when you die, you go back to the beginning of the scene but some of the scenes like the auto scrolling train part is so long that that actually has a checkpoint in the middle. So that some of the scenes have additional checkpoints, but generally you start at the beginning of that scene. I think for pretty much all of them, most of them, certainly uh, when you continue, that's when it throws you back to the beginning of the level. And I had the exact same realization you're describing. <laughs> I have I, no notes. Like I have nothing to disagree with you on because normally I would love to give the designers the benefit of the doubt and be like, nah, George, you're just an impatient dick. Like you, it's, but <laughs> and it, I it, am, I mean, like I totally am, but right. But I, but you're also, you're correct. But I'm you're, also right. Yeah. yeah. You're correct. And impatient. <laughs> you can be two things. And, yeah. and the Western level is such a startling example of that because the Western level is the second level, right? Yeah. Yeah. So right there, very early in the game, the designers already have just struck out on, Oh, we're going to kick them all the way back. But it's because they have to do this precision platforming in an environment where if they fall, they don't die. So that way, when they're in this environment where if they fall, they do die, they'll have had an opportunity to practice it. It's not what happens. It's not what happens at all. You're in a completely safe, sterile environment, and then they throw you into D-Day. Like, it's just, there's no, like, skill growth curve. The first time they ask you to do razor precision platforming is also over a bottomless pit where you die instantly. Like, that's that's not good design. It's not good design at all. bad design in any game. It is. And, And to couple that with, like, oh, by the way, you then have to replay through a bunch of easy baby stuff to get through to the part you need to practice that's it ain't good it's not a good look no it's not um the one last note and this is kind of a throwaway note that i have for gameplay uh which is okay so plucky's mini game is bingo <laughs> it is the biggest waste of humanity's time <laughs> ever like there is sitting in a room by yourself eating saltines, watching paint dry, and then there is playing this game. And <laughs> there's there's nothing, there's no, it's not a game. It's just like, I mean, you're just sitting there, it's like, press X. I'm like, okay, here's a ball. Press X again. Do it. Uh, okay. So press X. And it's just, and so all of that is is boring and banal. Fine. Whatever. But Here's the thing that gets just where it goes from terrible to greatly awful uh, is that you, you, you're you slowly filling up this bingo card, right? There's like 
seven characters on there, right? And every time you get the character, it blots it out like bingo, and that makes sense. There's only two that don't get picked every time, right? There's only two. Just pick those. Tell me which ones <laughs> they aren't. Stop wasting my fucking time. You know, just that's it. Just, just you didn't get Alvira. You, you 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 didn't get Montana Max. Black everything else out. Give me my lives, and we can all go home. Like that. I just I hated. I mean, every single time I got Plucky's bingo thing, I was like, I wish I was dead. So. <laughs> 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 so anyway, that's that's my <laughs> remaining mechanical note. So so I only got uh the bingo minigame once. Somehow I got uh Hampton's uh like puzzle sliding tile puzzle one. Literally never got that one. I got Plucky's like seven times. I swear to God, the game yeah, was I, I, it to me on I got Hamptons and Babs's several times, which is the one Babs, where yeah. yeah, you're like it's kind of like um you know what it sort of plays like is uh Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Zombies Ate My Neighbors, yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it totally is. Um the camera and everything. Uh but the um the one that I thought was cuz I, I I did get Plucky's but I only got it once. The one that I thought was a like insulting waste of time is the one where you have to order your characters to make them heavier than the computer's choices for ordering those characters. So it's like, I I didn't even get that one, dude. It's the, it's, it's not just bad because it's bad. It's bad because it's insultingly dumb. (laughs) Like they're implying that you have agency in this situation, but you just, guessing randomly like Mm. you don't have nearly enough information to inject any kind of strategy into the situation which means you're just guessing which means it is essentially bingo where random things are happening and then you're going to dole out some number of additional lives in which case why even go into the mini game let's just go back to the spinning wheel put numbers on that spinning wheel and that's how many additional lives i get yeah just kind of this this feels like additional lives with extra steps um you 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 know who who developed zombies ate my neighbors is it konami it's konami yeah Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody at one point and, and and wait hang on this one came out in night in, in july 19th of 1993 so maybe maybe there was like a guy who you know was working on zombies ate my neighbors and they're like hey hey john can you come in here uh we just had we just had chet make the stairs can you come in here and make a mini game for us real fast and they're like yeah, I can do that for you. So it's like, uh, okay, I'm not going to design any of the assets, but here's the engine from Zombies Ape <laughs> Make some lemonade out of this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anything else? No, and we, uh, I, th- I think we've both probably, you know, let the the cat out of the bag a little bit. Um, the the way I will summarize this is, I found my disappointment with the game disappointing because <laughs> here, here's the best way I could sum it up. Uh, and I, I kind of said this, this game looks like tiny tunes and for the most part, it sounds like tiny tunes and for the most part, it moves like tiny tunes, but it doesn't feel like tiny tunes. If you are playing because I played this where other people could see me. And one of the comments I got was, Oh, this looks like a lot of fun. And I said, it's not. <laughs> and <laughs> looked that way, doesn't it? Yeah. And and the response was essentially, oh, 
but it Aww. but it looks so good it looks just like the cartoon and uh, yes it does it looks just like the cartoon and it sounds just like the cartoon but it doesn't play like you imagine the cartoon would play and that was what I, I mean, we just spent 90 minutes talking about like why they made the design choices. They probably, you know, like why did they probably make those choices? But t- to me, it's just, it, it almost makes me want to go play one of the other 85 games that they made with the tiny tunes marketing materials, because do any of them feel like a Looney Tunes cartoon? Because I, I would like that. I would like a game that looks like this game, but essentially plays like battle toads, right? That, feels weighty and cartoony and silly. And I mean, it doesn't have to be a side scrolling brawler. Like it still be a pla- a silly children's platformer, but this doesn't feel like I was playing a cartoon. It felt like I was playing hard right angles, the game with, with cartoon paint drawn over. It's, it's like if you were five and you walked into your father's office and your father is like a civil engineer designing a bridge and you just drew a picture of a bridge with fat crayons on his like design notes. And it's like, yeah, I mean, yes, it looks very silly and cartoony, but it just, it doesn't feel right. And this is one of those times where I'm like, I got fairly far into my playthrough before I was like, same me. It's the game. Like it's not, (laughs) this is not my fault. This game feels wrong. That that's not, I'm not taking responsibility for that. So full nostalgia goggles required. And so I'm I'm also at full nostalgia goggles required. I don't think that I was quite as deeply betrayed as you were on this game. I mean, to be fair, you you thought you were going on a blind date with like Cindy and you got there and she was like, Hi, I'm Beth, and you're like, Beth, hey. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to taint my date with Beth because I thought it was a you know, a date with Cindy. You know, I I, I wanted to give it a legitimate shake. So uh I was like, ah, you know, maybe it's not that bad. But uh to me, the, the the real defining thing and why I'm going full nostalgia goggles required is because um, if you didn't have nostalgia for Tiny Toons, why would you ever play this game? What what possible reason could you have to play it? Because again, it's there's one it does one thing uniquely, which is the dash. And there's, I mean, play Sonic. You know, Sonic Sonic does it better. Like there's a million other games that are platformers that do something that's more unique, more interesting, more engaging. Uh, if you don't have a special place in your heart for Tiny Toons, then th- you, you would never play this game. So absolutely full nostalgia goggles required. And I was thinking on how I'd like to close this episode. Um, and, and since we didn't get the rights to, uh, you know, to Tiny Toons, I think there's only one way to do it. The curtain falls, the music plays, the credits roll, then it all fades to black, and you're left by yourself, the fanfare is gone, there's no player two there by your side to share victories won, but as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil, fighting the darkness Just sword in hand 
your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again What you've lost for a while You're gonna think back much less On how you saved the day 